0: Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. This podcast is sponsored by TheraWorks Relief. Many of you get sore, achy legs from standing all day or get asked about painful foot and leg cramps. If so, you're going to want to hear about TheraWorks Relief, a clinically proven topical foam that prevents and relieves muscle cramps and soreness. Learn more at theraworksrelief.com. All right. So today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest, David Pope, is currently the Chief of Innovation and co-founder of Strand Clinical Technologies, a rapidly growing suite of technology that bridges clinical pharmacy with the retail landscape. Strand's technology, including the Strand Intervention Platform, is used by clinical pharmacists across the country to combat chronic disease by providing intervention strategies and revolutionizing healthcare communication between providers. Additionally, the Strand platform is the first technology in the country to produce the pharmacist e plan, an ONC-backed clinical document designed to bring clinical pharmacist resources more readily into the healthcare landscape. Dr. Pope also consults for a variety of healthcare organizations, including the U.S. Center for Disease Control on medical informatics, tobacco cessation strategies, chronic care management, and more. His company, Strand, was recently commended by the White House for leading Zika response efforts through community pharmacists. Dr. Pope is also the chairman of the board of the Strand Foundation, a charitable arm aimed at improving health disparities across the globe. His business, Strand, was recently named in the University of Georgia Top 100 Most Rapidly Growing Businesses in America. That are graduate owned. David, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me today, Hillary. Well, thanks for joining us. And now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro or share a little bit about your personal life so we can know where you where you're calling in from in the world.
1: It sounds good. So I am from uh, Augusta, Georgia. Uh, we have a small golf tournament here every single year. Uh, may have heard of it. And uh, I'm a community pharmacist by background, uh, served for many years within the, uh, the community pharmacy space in an independent pharmacy, uh, served as uh, both just a, a, a retail pharmacist as well as a clinical coordinator uh, for diabetes care, for immunizations, um, for um, I'm a certified diabetes educator. So we did insulin pumps and placed pe- uh, patients on insulin pumps and the like, and then ultimately uh, uh, branched out and uh, and started a, an, a company uh, alongside um, a longtime friend, actually college r- uh, roommate, even high school friend uh, in Dan Lawson, uh, who's really, he took a, the technology arm of what he does, uh, again, within school, and I uh, came to him with an idea. He said, let's bring it to life. And so uh, he and I started uh, um, at the time, which was called Creative Pharmacist, and now Stran uh, to where it is today, which is essentially, a, uh, again, a, a, an end-to-end solution for the community pharmacist who raises their hand and says, I want to do something clinical in nature, but I need to be able to document that, communicate that with the rest of the healthcare team, bill it to a pair. Um, all, all of those things. so uh, again, I've got uh, actually five kids um, running around from uh, from uh, all the way from 14 to 2 and uh, again um, married to uh, um, my beautiful bride Kelly.
0: Awesome. Well, that is just so fascinating and yes, I'm sure many people, many of our listeners may have even traveled to the masters so in your neck of the woods for that little golf tournament. Um, so David, Uh, I love that you have really been able to use your background and, um, you know, started and founded uh, this company to be able to serve community pharmacies. Um, So, you know, maybe let's, I gave a little bit of intro about Strand, um, but maybe you could share a little bit more about, you know, how, how you decided to do that and, And um, maybe what some of the challenges that you saw that community pharmacies were facing and how you've, you know, what some of those uh, specific solutions or examples of, of how pharmacies are using it.
1: Well, that's a great question. So, you know, much of Strand has actually been born out of frustration or problems that, uh, that I've seen or we've seen uh, personally, again, as our team or um, who, uh, who works alongside uh, pharmacies on a day to day basis, uh, see and so much of that started for me personally, as uh, I was documenting clinical uh, services, enhanced services, such as diabetes education um, uh, via paper. And ultimately, you know, my job was to not just document, which was kind of uh uh, Time-consuming, uh, that's for sure. Uh, as I would write everything down, um, uh, in that regards, I would then have to communicate that to the rest of the healthcare team. And I was doing that via fax, which was really frustrating to me because, uh, first of all, it took me a lot of time to do it, and second of all, I knew what was happening on the other end of the line. I, it was a requirement that I send the data. But I also recognize that it wasn't very usable. Again, I could just imagine that the busyness of uh, of life within the farm, assuming within the physician's practice, they've got a fax coming in. It wasn't the physician who's just sitting there picking up the you know the facts. Uh, faxes coming uh, across uh, the, the line there, and so therefore, it was most likely just kind of uploaded if if that you know to the patient's chart. But then ultimately, when the patient walks in the door uh, into the physician's office. I just couldn't see that our data was being utilized. And so therefore, there became a a big need for, uh, for us to begin researching. So what would, what would it look like if you had a pharmacist derived and built um, and focused uh, electronic health record that could essentially be a bolt-on to the pharmacy management system uh, within my own workflow, that I could then after documentation, that I could communicate that with the rest of the healthcare team and have it absorbed into the electronic health record. And so that's what you see in Strand today. Uh, we provide guided documentation for uh, everything from, as I mentioned earlier, diabetes education, uh, pre-diabetes uh, um, uh, education. That's the brand new diabetes prevention program. Uh, smoking cessation. Um, uh, we've got uh, opioid uh, uh, abuse prevention oral contraceptive therapy writing. We've got multiple states across the country now that can not only write for oral contraceptives, but can actually write a prescription for a number of clinical services. Uh, All the way down in some states, you can actually write for statins and ACE inhibitors and things like that now as well. So how can we actually document that and communicate that with the rest of the healthcare team so that we can truly coordinate care Um, Additionally, again, pharmacists have always built on the uh, NCPDP route. Again, that's just, again, the the language that we utilize to be able to communicate as pharmacists to payers. Well, now that we're doing clinical things, one of the other barriers that we saw very quickly was uh, that uh, the NCPDP pathway just wasn't quite sufficient uh, for medical claims from a pharmacist that represents multiple issues. First of all, the pharmacist needs to get credentialed and contracted for the very first time on the medical side. And so we now have a learning uh, center at learn.strandrx.com that provides that guided approach to credentialing and contracting, uh, provides a even uh, a state-by-state guide for what's billable in that state, as well as uh, the, the points of contact for each of those insurance companies of Essentially, the, the step-by-step guide for the pharmacist who raises their hand that says, I'm willing, but you have to make me able. But then once you get credentialed and contracted, there's this question of how do I submit this like a physician would? And so um, that's a totally different pathway called X12 uh, pathway. And, uh, and so we built that into Strand as well so that you could effectively document on a clinical service in your workflow, communicate that with just two clicks uh, over to a physician uh, to make sure that that could be absorbed into the electronic health record um, uh, bidirectionally, and then ultimately bill that uh, as a medical claim to uh, to the payer.
0: Well, that is really fascinating. So first, I love that um, you're you're really able to um, kind of connect the pharmacy to, the rest of the healthcare system. So you know we've been operating in silos for so 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 many years, and um, you know transitions of care and and other ways are great ways that that pharmacists uh, in the community setting they're the most accessible healthcare provider. They're going to be seeing the patient much more frequently, um, many times than their physician might. Um, and so having that. Uh, uh, way to, to document and, um, connecting it back, uh, is so important. And I know you've shared before that, um, you know, interoperability is, is such a key part and Strand, uh, is able to, um, connect in through the, the HL7, um, platform or technology. Um, so that's really, really helpful. And then the other piece too, is just, um, Making it simple for pharmacies to be able to bill. Um, so you've really kind of um, uh, put together like this full service um, uh, solution to make it really simple for um, pharmacists to be able to, to provide these services that that we've been trained for. So great work, very exciting.
1: Well, thank you. You know, the, the hope is, is that the technology is never the focus or the focal point uh, again of, of the meeting. You know, m- my job as, as the technology side of things now is again, as I've transitioned from, you know, the provider of care over to uh, just being the technology there is to be in the background and to be that strong, uh, level of support um, again, so that the focus could not be on the technology, but on the the pharmacist and patient relationship. We'll let that reign king again, so that the pharmacist uh, does not have to stare at their screen the entire time and you know answer questions. We hear that a lot on the medical side of you know, this kind of uh, uh, EHR burnout, you know, uh, and frustration there. The great thing is within a pharmacy practice is that, again, um, our uh, the list of clinical services or enhanced services that a pharmacist can provide are growing literally every single week. It's, it's exciting for us to see across the country as that's growing. But again, it's uh, that the scope of the pharmacist allows us to be really good At those uh, at those clinical services, because I don't have to, as a pharmacist, provide the same number of services that perhaps a family practice physician would Uh, again. So we can be really good and targeted um, at those individual pathways that the pharmacist is providing so that when they do need education, we can just tee it up for them. Uh, if you're in a state that offers uh, the ability to, to write for an oral contraceptive and you're in Oregon, well, that actually looks different than other states to some extent. And so uh, we can provide those, those guide uh, guides and, and guardrails for documentation, ultimately assist on even on the uh, on the billing side as well.
0: Yeah, excellent. Speaking of education, are you aware of the 2014 Drug Disposal of Controlled Substances ruling that regards safe disposal of unused medications? Well, we're lucky to have RX Destroyer sponsoring the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. RX Destroyer, ready to use chemical drug disposal systems, are safe, easy, and affordable products which protect the environment and can save thousands in fines. To get more information on products, training, and medication waste compliance, check out www.rxdestroyer.com slash talk to your pharmacist. Um, and so David, you know, there's, there's, as you mentioned, a growing number of services that uh, pharmacists can provide. And uh, another thing that, that I know that you're working on is looking at um, the social determinants of health. So how does how can we treat the, the whole patient in, you know, things like um, their housing or, or food insecurity or um, transportation? All of these things um, contribute to their overall health. I mean, I've seen stats where only about 10 to 20 percent of a patient's care or like health is really attributed to the medical care for, that they per, um, receive. So, you know, there are other factors like genetics or um, behavioral uh, things that they're doing that actually are a bigger part of that. So if you can, you know, you're working to kind of help connect um, patients that these community pharmacies are seeing right there. Um and uh, connecting the pieces so tell us a little bit more about what you're doing in that space
1: absolutely so this is just something that's just a personal mission uh, of mine Uh, again as a community pharmacist we uh, most definitely um, see on a day-to-day basis the uh, the impact of social determinants again if you're a community pharmacist listening to the podcast today you you no doubt will see patients today that you know Are food insecure, um, or um, have difficulty with transportation or housing, and those most certainly directly impact their ability to be able to purchase medications. Again, I think about uh, you know the the third of the month from a a pharmacist perspective is always a busy one, Uh, and the reason for that many times is because uh, on the night of the second, uh, many uh, patients who have uh, Social Security benefits actually receive those dollars. So why is it that they're spending the dollar on the third? Well, it's because they didn't didn't actually have the money more than likely. And so food insecurity has been a big focus of mine, um, as well as our teams. Uh, Again, we've been serving as as an organization uh, locally here in our local food bank. And uh, again, uh, just love the work that they've always done and just the selfless nature of what they do. Uh, By all means, it's just an incredible thing. Uh, Here in in our area, we have a, a local food bank that serves 42 counties over two states it's just unbelievable just the, uh, the, the the reach that they have and also just the task. I, I just can't begin to wrap my mind around how they do those things. And so one of the things here at Strand is uh, that, that we've attempted to do is to say, what could be our role in assisting with food insecurity? There, there are many other social determinants that we can tackle. Uh, But what can we do about that one thing? And and just as a quick side note, one of the things I love about pharmacy is that we've been tackling social determinants for some time. You know, uh, pharmacies in the community have been delivering medications for, you know, um, for 100 years, uh, again, delivering to the homes. And now it's becoming kind of a a mainstay of life in in even uh, in in all aspects of retail pharmacy. But again, um, we've been tackling that social determinant for a long time. But our question internally was, how can we help with food insecurity? Uh, we've been assisting uh, on a national front uh, by participating in something called the Gravity Project. This is really uh, a, an HL7 uh, driven uh, program uh, that really is, uh, is uh, designed in an effort to be able to codify all of the uh, social determinants in a way that we could share with the rest of the healthcare team. Uh, but we wanted to know what could we do individually and what could we do here in Augusta and then what could we do to replicate that across the country. And so we actually partnered with the uh, Golden Harvest Food Bank Uh, Travis McNeil is executive director there um, and has been a longtime uh, friend and uh, certainly a a benefit to the community here. And essentially what we said was was we said um, if we were to be able to send an e-referral over to you, uh, uh, could your team actually um, uh, um, uh, proactively reach out to that that patient? and uh, ultimately get them food. And they said, oh man, this is actually something that we would love to do. This is something that's been in our strategic uh, process uh, of what we've wanted to do for the last several years. But we simply didn't have that community resource that could screen for food insecurity. And we thought, man, uh, what a great opportunity for pharmacists because our pharmacists know already so many of their patients without even a screening needed of who might need food uh food um from a security standpoint and so therefore um uh, we set up a pilot program where um we went to a local pharmacy that's Barney's Pharmacy in Augusta Georgia uh, uh Barney's Pharmacy is well known across the country as being one of the leading clinical uh pharmacies uh, across the country there and it's just located in our, in our neck of the woods there, uh, Barry Bryant uh, is the owner and very forward thinking, but also say we went to them, and they were overjoyed to be able to assist so what they did is that they offered the food insecurity uh, it's called the food hunger vital sign um, it's a two question uh, um, questionnaire that essentially just helps to initially determine whether there may be uh some uh, some food need there so we took 10 patients through and uh, again of course the pharmacy whenever we uh, we talked to the pharmacy the first thing they said was was how many do you need because we know who they are but I'll do your questionnaire anyways just to suffice so uh all to say that the pharmacy was just overjoyed at that uh but uh so they actually engaged patients they screened them they took 10 patients through um, out of those 10 patients um, six of them uh, had never received even, uh, for example, Medicaid benefits or, um, or uh, uh, SNAP benefits, also called food stamps in some areas. And so, uh, again, this was reaching evidently a group of patients who said, you know, I'm, I, I don't know where my food is going to be um, on a weekly basis, but I haven't been willing to ask someone about it. But when someone asked them, they were willing to say, yeah, you know what, you're right, I do struggle. In this area. So ultimately they documented this in Strand. They communicated that through the pharmacist e-care plan over to um, the food bank. Food bank received that and then created a disease state specific box for them and then allowed them to either come and pick up that box or just in case they also had some uh, some transportation issues, they also uh, delivered those to the pharmacy. Uh, the pharmacy, by the way, at Barney's, they decided to Take a, the next step. And they decided to have a wellness uh, day uh, on the days that those, uh, that those food boxes would arrive so that at the same time they picked up the food box, that they could actually get screened for uh, blood pressure um, and, and other uh, screenings there. Additionally, the food bank said, we've got some other things we'd like to bring to the table uh, as a community-based organization. We said, great, what's that? And they said we'd like to add two additional steps here. We'd like to uh, certainly provide the emergency box today, and we, uh, but we know that that's not sustainable. So we'd like to get them connected with our SNAP benefits coordinator for the state of Georgia. Uh, again, just uh, to as a as a next step, still not long term sustainable, but gets them food uh, from a SNAP benefits perspective. And then ultimately, we would like to connect them with um, a jobs training center, which offers free. Um, uh, training for uh, uh, for people to be able to um, to learn a new trade, a new skill, uh, to to get their uh, resume cleaned up and everything in between, and then ultimately get back on their feet again. And so we're seeing some amazing results with that today. And uh, now we've got pharmacies across the country who are engaging their food banks uh, using this uh, same model to replicate.
0: That is truly amazing, David. Such great work and. Um, just really making a difference in the communities um, where, you know, everyone is working together and collaborating. So I love to see examples of that. And I can't wait to see that scale and grow across the country because it is much needed. Um, so, David, what are some of the things that excite you about the future of pharmacy?
1: Mm. Well, that's a great question. So, uh, you know, for so long, whether it be my uh, as I was training at the University of Georgia uh, in pharmacy school or even thereafter, we always said that, you know, enhanced services for pharmacy was was coming quickly. Um, But what we saw was also is that while pharmacists were being trained in the right way that uh, Again, that's in pockets that we were seeing some adoption of, to some extent. What we didn't see was the adoption uh, and the acceptance of payers uh, in the mm-hmm. space. And so what excites me most about uh, pharmacy is that uh, now the payers are on board in many ways as well. We're seeing payers uh, literally on a daily basis raise their hand and say, I see the value of pharmacists, uh, not just from a dispensing perspective, but I want to give them my highest risk patients. I want to give them the ability to, uh, to see a patient uh, in an office visit Capacity, or uh, to screen patients and to, tr- and to teach them uh, the, the uh, um, a diabetes prevention program as well as others. And so what excites me most is seeing the payer side of this say, yeah, we see incredible value. You were able to, as a pharmacist, reach people that we can't. You're in the smallest arteries of America where there may not even be a red light. Uh, but again, many times there's a pharmacy and you're seeing your patients um, you know, in some uh, some reports, we'll say over 20 times, even others, even 30 times a year. Yet our um, our, our physicians see them three to four times uh, again, not to assert the authority of the physician in any way. But that pharmacist is being seen by the payer now as the strong offensive coordinator of care where the physician is absolutely engaging with them uh, again. And the, and the pharmacist is then enacting the plan is uh, uh, is providing feedback to the physician, uh, is providing uh, care coordination amongst other healthcare providers, and the payers are now willing to say, I get it. I want you to be a part of the in-network process of, uh, of, our, of our payer, um, of our relationship here. So uh, we're seeing pharmacists now say, as a pharmacist, by the way, not as a pharmacy the majority of the time, the pharmacist is now an in-network provider of care uh, for, um, uh, for medical services. Uh, again, the dispensing, albeit highly important, and uh, I pray it never goes away, uh, by all means. That's uh, the lifeblood of, of our profession, by all means. But uh, w- what a great opportunity for us to be able to show the power and the impact uh, of the pharmacist in many ways, from care coordination to direct patient care uh, and communicating that with the rest of the healthcare team along
0: the Absolutely. Line. That's definitely been a, a limiter. Uh, and getting getting paid for um, pharmacist services, so it's good to see that that payers and others are definitely seeing the value that that we're bringing. So, David, as our final question, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or others other pharmacists out there who are just getting started in their career?
1: Mm. Gosh, what a great question. What a thought provoking uh, question. You know, for me, um, I, I was blessed with um, being surrounded by just uh, incredible uh, pharmacists who helped to guide uh, my path. Again, helped me to, to be able to, to see outside the four walls of the pharmacy and to be able to, uh, to chase some dreams uh, by all means. And so, um, you know, the advice that I would tell my younger self probably is that you don't know everything. <laughs> Surround yourself with even more uh people who are influencers on you um, who can um help you to uh um to achieve your uh your goals again. So so many of the pharmacists or excuse me, pharmacy students that we take uh in a rotation here at Strand have incredible, incredible ideas. They're already thinking outside of the box and asking the question of why is it always done this way? Um, and so uh, the advice that I always give them is to surround yourself uh, with uh, with some wise counsel there and those that can help you to achieve that and to build that and not to think that uh, you can't or you shouldn't. Again, the, 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 uh, the system is too big. It'll never change. But ultimately, to act upon that change and to be that agent of change, uh, because otherwise, again, we will uh, continue to do things the way things have always been done, and uh, I don't know that we'll see progress there. So uh, again, there are lots of things, honestly, that I would tell myself, uh, my younger self, uh, by all means. I think we all can, but uh, that's one of the big. Well,
0: David, I think that's great advice, and thank you for being a leader and for um, you know making a difference and and being one of those change makers. Uh, it was such a pleasure to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast.
1: Thank you again for having me, Lord.
0: And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at www.pharmacyadvisory.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating and reviewing it. Share it with friends.